right, Bible scholars, it's day 21 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. We're up to John chapter 10, verses 1 to 18. This is a beautiful and inspiring passage, and I've been looking forward to giving you a tour of this text for a long time because it's filled with imagery, phrases, even some key words that are so life-giving. Let's start today, though, somewhere toward the middle. John chapter 10, verse 10. Halfway through the verse, Jesus says this. He says, my purpose is to... How would you fill in the blank there? What do you think Jesus is going to say next? The whole purpose of me being sent in this world is to to what? What would the world say? To teach good morals, to make right things that have gone wrong, to do miracles, to heal the sick. All of those things are aspects of what Jesus is doing while he's here in this world in human form. But when Jesus says my purpose is, he doesn't say any of those things. He sums it up more simply than that and more profoundly. It's probably worth our attention to what he points us to here. My purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. That's a good, faithful translation here in the NLT of the original Greek. But these original Greek words are are so full that that we can see distinctives that, that kind of broaden out the definition of these words in their original text. And you can do that by comparing different English translations. Other translations, Jesus is saying the same thing, similar things, but a little bit distinctive. My purpose is to give you an abundant life, to give you a full life, to give you a complete life, to give you a life that's lacking nothing. Dr. Eugene Peterson's translation called The Message says... Jesus is quoted as saying, my purpose is to give you a life beyond anything you ever dreamed of. Man, what good news that is. Where else can we go to find a life like this? I mean, we're we're digging into God's word. We know the answer is Jesus. It's a daily devotional. But the challenge is, of course, the way we live our lives or how we're tempted to live our lives. Where have you gone? Where have I gone in the last that in the last week, the last few days, in order to try to find a rich and satisfying life. What are the things we pursue? What's the wind that we chase after, to quote a phrase from the wisdom literature of the Old Testament in the book of Ecclesiastes? Where do we go to try to find a rich and satisfying life? When I was in third grade, the place was Disneyland. All my friends would come home from their family vacations at Disneyland, and they'd just rave about how great it was. And and I, I, I thought, I got to go. This is just going to, I can't be totally satisfied in life until I go. So I was really excited when our parents came home one day and announced to my brothers uh, and myself that we were going to go to Disneyland. We loaded up the family truckster, vacation movie style, drove to California, and it was, it was awesome. It was not a letdown at all. It was glorious. Happiest place on earth, right? So they say. But it didn't start real well for me. It was a little rough. When we got into the park, there was a parade that was marching down Main Street, USA, and big crowds lined either side side of the street. And it was, you know, full-blown Disney style. The marching band, the floats, the Disney characters at the end, people waving at us from the floats. And at the end of the parade, there's Mickey and Minnie, and they're inviting us to join the parade. (laughs) What? I mean, what could be better than that? It's one thing just to be able to see the parade, but to be a part of it, to be in the parade? Ah, man, that's as good as it gets. Here's the rich and satisfying life. So I jump in and accept Mickey's invitation, and my brothers are with me, and I'm, I'm sure our mom and dad are right there too. 
And we march and march and march. And a couple of minutes later, I look around and I realize my brothers aren't here anymore. My mom and my dad aren't here anymore. But I'm here. <laughs> we were separated and I started to panic. I got really scared really fast. And I started to cry out, Mom, Dad, where are you? I was a lost sheep. And then, uh, I don't know, it was probably one or two minutes tops, but it felt like one or two hours to me at the time. I started to hear a familiar voice, and man, did it sound good. It was my dad's voice calling out, Mike, 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 Mike. Even though the crowd was noisy and you could still hear the marching band just a little bit ahead of where I was, I could make out my dad's voice. It stood out from the crowd. And then I looked and I saw him off in the distance and I ran toward him and I was so relieved. I was so happy. And I, and I jumped in and gave him a big hug. John chapter 10 verse 3 says that the gatekeeper opens the gate and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Jesus says two things here, two of his his recorded I am statements. There are seven of them in the Gospel of John. If you remember in John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. John chapter 8, verse 12, and again in 9, 5, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now here in John chapter 10, he's going to add two more I am statements. I am the gate and I am the good shepherd. Those sound um, kind of like they're contrary almost, like they're in two different, they should be in two different stories. And for the longest time, this confused me until I understood a little bit more about the historical context of the way good shepherds operate. They care for their sheep. They protect their sheep. They lead their sheep. They're willing to give up their lives for their sheep. Jesus will contrast that. This this passage is filled with contrast. Verse 2, there's contrast. Again in verse 8, verse 10, verse 12, the contrast of Jesus is the good shepherd and the gate versus the thieves and the robbers and everybody else who comes to, um, to kill and to destroy and to steal. Jesus says, I came to give you a rich and satisfying life, a full and an abundant life. Well, that makes sense as a good shepherd for the sheep, but what's that got to do with the gate? What does Jesus mean when he says, I'm the gate? What he means is I'm the good shepherd who lays down my life and becomes the gate for the sheep. The good shepherd leads his sheep inside of the sheep pen that's got some boundaries, some, some, some uh, fencing or some walls that are built around it to protect the sheep from predators. But there's always the opening in the front, the gate, where, where the sheep can get in and out. Well, the good shepherd who cares about his sheep, who isn't just in it for the money, as Jesus is going to say later, but is in it because, well, he's in it for the relationship. He's in it because he cares about the sheep. That's Jesus for us. I am the good shepherd who cares so much for the sheep, I'm willing to become the sacrificial gate so that the predators will come after me and they won't touch my sheep. That's how much Jesus loves you. I'm the gate for you. I'm the good shepherd who is the gate, who lays down his life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice and they come to me. Now, if you've been along with us on this tour so far, you know Jesus is getting some pushback from the religious leaders, but he's also getting some people along the way, and I hope you've caught this, who are hearing his voice. Some kind of surprising non-religious people fishermen, 
a wild prophet named John the Baptist, a Samaritan, for crying out loud, a Samaritan woman that hears his voice at the well and comes to faith, and then a whole village of Samaritans who come to faith because she evangelizes their town. A woman who's caught in the sin of adultery, uh, uh, crowds of people, uh, uh, a Roman official who has his son healed because he believes, my sheep hear my voice. It's not always who you think it will be. It's my sheep. And then Jesus says, and I have other sheep who aren't even a part of, of this flock. And so he's clearly saying it's not just descendants of Abraham and Sarah. It's not just the Israelites. It's also the Gentiles. It's people all over the world, which is good news for us who are not uh, of the Jewish uh, heritage, that Jesus, as our good shepherd, is for all the sheep in this world who believe, who hear his word, who hear his voice with an open heart and an open mind and receive the rich and satisfying life that only Jesus can give. <laughs> the way John records this gospel, the way, the way he he reveals the nature and the identity of Jesus Christ. It's, it's so beautiful and inspiring. There's, there's movement in this. In three different parts of John chapter 10, see if you can find them, there's this movement of Jesus saying, okay, as John's gospel saying, well, here's the contrast. Here's, here's uh, bad leaders and here's a good leader as Jesus is the good shepherd. And here's us in the middle. And then it repeats back again so that we remember it more. And it leads us finally back to John chapter 10, verse 10. My purpose, Jesus says, is to give you a rich and satisfying life. I saved the best for last. That Greek word for life is zoe. Zoe means life, but in the original Greek, it means two things. It means your present physical life, number one, and your spiritual eternal life, number two. The good shepherd, who is also the gate, lays down his life for the sheep to give us a rich and satisfying life, not just someday in eternity in heaven, but right now in this physical world. I've come to give you a zoe, a life, right here and now. Today is the day. But also to promise you the assurance of this rich and satisfying life for eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Look closer, and you'll see that there will be a gate that looks very much like a cross as we continue to read through the Gospel of John. And if you look even closer, you'll see that on this cross is your Good Shepherd. We'll see you tomorrow. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using. That helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Oh, can't